As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Winston Tang, current co-founder of Samurai Punk. So join us as you explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Winston. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, just kicking, kicking back in Melbourne, enjoying uh, some lockdown freedoms some freedom. now. Yeah, finally, finally. Yeah, we're out. We're out. Um, still Hopefully getting used to it. Hopefully never again. Yeah, touch wood, touch wood. Um, yeah, ready to get out there, enjoy, enjoy some life, but you know, still making games. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, the team again in the office and all. Um, so when does yeah. that happen? Uh, this, this is we are, I guess, in a kind of awkward window of time right now, with mm. restrictions being as of when we record this, the restrictions ease in about twenty-four hours. Mm. Um, yeah, the- yeah. Everyone's kind of like this drum roll's just going. You can feel it. Um, we don't normally come in on the weekends, but is everyone going to come in on the weekend just to get together <laughs> and give everyone a big hug and then disappear their own ways again? Oh, or, maybe uh, as close as possible. Home. Maybe. Um, I believe. I believe the the space that we're in, the arcade. um officially is allowing people in i think november 4th um and uh yeah i think i think everybody who can is going to be there because awesome i think whilst uh whilst a lot of studios have enjoyed uh working remotely because it has it has some perks our team in particular uh we just really miss being in the same room as each other just that collegiate feeling Mm. um yeah like i guess we we have a good chemistry with each other. We like bouncing ideas with one another. Um, we're always either laughing or screaming at things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've, yeah, any, you ask any other uh, arcade residents and they'll, they'll probably will have experienced one of the, the bursts of screaming from our, from our office. Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember talking to, I mean, Dan Draper came on the show oh, two plus years ago now. Oh yeah. And, yeah. um, and that's kind of what he described as well as just kind of that energy that can just explode seemingly out of nowhere sometimes but then yeah. just everyone's vibing off it and, uh, <laughs> and yeah and so that was really fascinating I'm, I'm glad to hear that's still the case and it yeah. still makes things difficult for everyone else yes yes <laughs> um we we hope that they will have missed us as well uh in a weird way uh we like to think we the uh, like liven up uh, the, yeah, sure, the arcade sure <laughs> burst of energy probably helps pick everyone up i'm sure yeah yeah i think i like to think that at least and if if nothing else even if they don't appreciate it i think they'll appreciate it, at least for a little while because great we can still be back at work like that's a familiar sound normalcy yeah. all that sort of thing mm, exactly exactly um yeah. yeah looking forward to that looking forward to that i look forward to for all of you it's uh, and everyone else in the arcade too and i guess everyone else around melbourne and the rest of australia as things continue to open up it's mm. it's an exciting time yeah definitely but it's, I think it's time to dive into your career a bit. This is Dev Diary, a series where we talk to developers from throughout the industry. They share their stories, their experiences, and the journey that's led to this current point in time. So, Winston, we've got a lot of titles that we're going we're gonna to get to and talk to shortly, and, and we came together over uh, a game that was basically designed for me, I feel like, in some ways. Mm. But before we get to all of that, I'd like to rewind to a time before your career in the industry actually started and just, I guess, the kind of consumerist side of things. 
when did games first enter your life? Do you remember what the first game was that you played? Um, some of the first games? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I've got, got to go back quite a while. Um, I turned I turned 30 this year, so now it feels like a fucking century ago. Um, I mean, a third of a century-ish. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, um, it would... Yeah. Um, my, my earliest memories of games were... Um, not owning anything that I could play games on myself. Oh right, but okay. Kind of being being around them. So through um, friends and the like. Yeah, friends and relatives. Um, one of my friends in primary school had a uh, NES, um, yeah. and I uh, played a lot of Kirby at, at his house. Um, there were some people with Game Boys. I can't remember what I played. It was probably Tetris or something. But the first game that I actually owned. Uh, was when I, when I got a computer at the age of seven, I think, and the game was it was like a it was a ripoff of Pac Man called oh, yeah, CD okay. Man. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but it was it was Pac Man, but you were just a, a CD. Look, I can I can um, feel like something in like the the deepest recesses of the mind that's kind of taking yeah. along, but I couldn't. I mean, I guess a, a Pac Man knockoff. I can visualize it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like the PC like shareware kind of era. Oh yeah, okay. So there was just a bunch of like random free games I think pre-installed on the computer. Um, there was uh, I think one called Spot. Remember that? The it's dot. like a red, yeah, a red. It's like this red guy with glasses. Yeah, it was like a red dot. And oh, he had sun, sit, sun okay. so, uh, I was thinking Spot the dog. The kids, the kids thing. Oh, I spent no. too much time around my little kids. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Um, man, yeah, that was game. That's awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, bunch bunch of random PC shareware, um, and then kind of from that, uh, I got captivated by the, I guess the the interactive nature and the imagination that was involved yeah. with those worlds that you could go into, um, and I just kind of looked for more and more, and I think I think a big turning point was uh, Pokemon, um, but. I, I didn't have a Game Boy, but I loved the anime. So I think what I did was I I watched the anime. I got really invested in the like the universe. I played the cards, um, yeah. and then I guess Everything any relative that I, yeah yeah somehow um, um, I would visit my relatives and then um, just like borrow their Game Boys when I don't know it was pretty shitty. You go to someone's house and then you know they want to see you, but you just like hey, can I borrow your Game Boy? Oh, and I just want to like, play Pokemon in the corner, just like getting like bleeding every second dry from it that I could. Also, um, was that was that uh, were you in like outside of the obvious that you just kind of highlighted there? What about the fact mm. that there was only one save game on those things? Like, were you having to come in and delete someone's game to oh, make this happen? Shit, you you know what? I actually have no idea. Maybe I did it without even realizing. <laughs> I was a kid. I was just like, I want to yeah. play this. I don't, Maybe just picking I don't know up someone that. else's file and going for it. Pro- probably, probably. Um, but um, I was eventually able to get Pokemon on an emulator, oh, which good. was oh yeah, that was a sneaky thing. I think it was uh, no no cash Game Boy was the emulator. Yep, it was it was real jank. But um, yeah, did I remember. Yeah, I remember feeling like a real criminal um so when, did I. Yeah, yeah yeah it was very sneaky but like i was like oh fuck like you kind of feel like you've Days hacked the matrix here snes um, 9x and and all the yeah, game boy advance emulators yeah we're horrible, yeah. People. We're horrible horrible people well, kids if you're listening yeah. don't do oh it. don't do it don't do it kids um but that said now 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 we're you know 
uh, uh functional yeah oh grown up functioning members of society who can pay for games we do the right uh, thing we do the right thing um but uh yeah there was that and then um i mean i i'm having fun just kind of recounting the history yeah but, i mean um, this is one of the my most enjoyable parts of the show is people yeah. kind of just digging into the mind and working out what they did and didn't enjoy yeah yeah so I'll, I'll try not to waffle on too much but i'll i'll get to the like the key points at least um yeah yeah uh pokemon pokemon was a big one and i think that got me invested in like um like japanese games um and kind of their kind of rich storytelling uh and, the and building. And like. yeah yeah and it, they were kind of like long form experiences which i really enjoyed yeah i was like you really felt like you were going on an adventure like exploring a world um you could probably guess the next big thing was like final fantasy yes um because as Final Fantasy VII kind of hit the PlayStation One, I remember visiting a, a cousin, and they were playing. I think it was the first boss, like the Scorpion. The Scorpion, yeah, and, yeah. And I was just like, "Holy, what the hell is that?" I mean, as a, in a very a more high pitched voice, just like, yeah. "Holy, what the heck is that?" Uh, and I sat down. I was just totally mesmerized by it. Um, and at that point, I was like, "Oh, I need to play this. I need a PlayStation." So I like begged my parents probably like nonstop for weeks and weeks um but they yeah i mean to give some context they didn't want me to play video games they thought yeah, right. it was like dis- distracting waste like time, yeah. waste of time you know the huge um uh and haha look at me now mom and dad um but uh made it, i made him work <laughs> yeah yeah i made him work i made him work um i think maybe maybe my pleas like i don't know went through some like grapevines or whatever but um a bunch of other relatives which weren't my parents kind of came together and bought me a playstation for my 10th birthday oh nice um yeah so that that was like i was so happy absolutely was that a case of we're not gonna buy it but if someone else happens to buy it for us (laughs) fine we'll accept it maybe maybe i think so i think i guess they couldn't say no and um when everybody was banding together but uh that was that was very nice and after that um they still i guess maybe they didn't even they didn't really want me buying many games either so i borrowed the copy of final fantasy from that cousin um which i ended up borrowing for like seven years or something uh for a long time um i was grateful oh wait no yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah I, i played that that absolutely just captivated me um on on like a whole nother level just because the the richness of the the characters and the world building and um the gameplay like every it was like the full package um like going going back like i've become like a a pretty pretty big fan of the final fantasy franchise but um remember reading an interview with the uh uh sakaguchi the the one of the original creators um and it uh, for the first final fantasy and for everyone afterwards he was like we want to make a game that has everything um it just it just has it all it's like you know the drama action comedy romance uh exploration villainy mystery yeah, everything by and it, large they do a pretty fantastic job of that yeah 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 um like ev- yeah every game since the first has been trying to recreate that same magic like to varying degrees of success but i think usually usually yeah they're pretty good um well, yeah, seven. nine is the greatest game of all time, as far as I'm concerned. So I haven't played nine. Oh, I've heard so many good things. You've got to um, course correct that one. Yeah, it's. Did you know it's uh, Sakaguchi's favorite? 
It is, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I'm sure for him there might even be a hint of nostalgia to that because it's really meant to be a, a love letter to everything that came before. So I think mm. there's probably a hint of that immediate bias that he might have favourable bias towards it as a result. Mm. But yeah, I, I am aware and conveniently enough it also happens to be my favourite as well for, mm. for fairly, well, what I presume are fairly similar reasons. So mm-hmm. I heard there are rumblings of a remake or of some kind of yeah, new... And master, NVIDIA yeah, NVIDIA GeForce leak... Um, that initially I thought no can't be they're too busy with 7 but there's this anime that's coming based on it oh really which has officially been confirmed that was Uh uh maybe mid to late last year that that was officially confirmed and then um, with a whole host of these other things that were initially in that leak that NVIDIA tried to no they're all like they're placeholders and they're like it's us just kind of filling gaps with some assumptions and those things, but now some of those things are starting to get announced. You're like, oh, yeah. oh I think, oh, I think yeah. that's all very legit. You're just trying to <laughs> cover your tracks. So I'm unbelievably excited for that prospect. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to experience it because yeah, there's just been so much great word of mouth uh, yeah. over that one. I mean, um, for me, there's a little bit of an. I was discussing this in an episode recently. For me, there's a little bit of um, the game arrived in my life at just the right time. Like in terms of the themes that it was really trying to hit on identity mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. I was playing that as kind of a 13 year old which we know are kind of you know, early teenagers oh, are all about yeah. they're kind of trying to form their own identity and all that sort of thing so I think it really hit me at the right place at the right time so mm-hmm. I feel like it may not necessarily resonate on the exact same level if I played it these days because my mm-hmm. circumstances have changed mm-hmm. uh, significantly it's been 19 years since then mm-hmm. but um Mm. although can't can't shake that love yeah, of the game yeah although like in terms of finding identity i, I don't know maybe, maybe you've got your shit together but like i feel like i'm constantly grappling with that like oh, every, every, right? as as yeah every new stage of life um there's there's something new coming along to shake things up yeah. um, actually parent parenthood would have been a massive one it's um, changed a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah so then you might reconnect it with yeah, that game on a different game. level um, I mean, yeah, I, I've been meaning to find some time for it because I've still got the. Uh, I mean, I'm a PlayStation guy, as as you can tell from the background. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, what, what gave it away? <laughs> and so I mean, like, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get that platinum trophy for Final Fantasy IX because mm. just because of that game, what it means to me. But anyway, I've gotten really yeah. distracted by my own games and my own sort of thing. Oh Man, no, was, that's fine. That's fine. Was there was there one for you that necessarily was this big turning point? Like, okay, I'm going to pursue this in a professional capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or was it just kind of a culmination of experience over the journey or mm. you know, what was um, it that kind of made you pursue yeah yeah that's a good question um yeah because there there there's a string of of key games that i think led me to where i am um i could quickly rattle them off but there's definitely one that answers your question um so after final fantasy it was uh metal gear solid 3 yeah which was like oh shit and, you know there there are some like pretty grand ambitions here and just like the impact that it had on me and i and like the 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 fan base like that entire series was really profound enormous, um, yeah yeah and i think i think what was great about metal gear was that it's it it always has something to say about the real world yeah. uh it's not just escapism um so that was really profound i was like okay you can kind you can have an impact on people's lives through uh through this medium um, so there was that, and then um, the, the next big one was uh, Little Big Planet. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, big PlayStation exclusive um, back in the day. Um, 
But uh, yeah, the level building tools were they were they, yeah they were a revelation for me because I think I think I picked up that game like the first one maybe I guess I would have been fourteen or fifteen years old. Um, yep. And I had always been uh, like a I enjoyed creating things, but I was never particularly good at it, and my environment didn't really encourage it. Um, I would just do it for, like I would draw for fun. Um, I did uh, what is it? Because because I went to a private school where like yeah, academics okay. were like you know number That's one more important like, than any of the arts or anything else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So a lot of that like kind of got blocked uh, from me, like my my creative side. But um, my uh, my high school IT teacher he he let us kind of go wild and make silly stuff. So. I made I made a few like little flash games. Uh, I was quite proud of, um, even though that was shit. Uh, but Little Big Planet, like oh, you could, good. you could make things that actually looked and played pretty great, like out of the box. Um, and um, my first fucking like hit of, I don't know, whatever you're gonna call it, like the the the, the pleasure of being a creator and making things for people was yeah, Little Big Planet. I think I got. I made a I made a playable like retelling of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Nice, <laughs> yeah, because that was I think we were studying that book for English at the time, um, and I was like, oh wow, this is like a pretty profound story. Uh, and obviously, I like Metal Gear, so you know, war tragedies like yeah. great good shit. Um, so I was like, oh, what if we did this in Little Big Planet, which was obviously like you know a bit jarring tonally. Um, but I think the people on that platform were like surprised by it. The people who played it at least, I think there was like 50 people who played it and they were like, Oh, this was interesting. It was a good story. Um, and that was enough for me to be like, Oh my God, something that I made actually got enjoyed by somehow. Yeah. 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 Not necessarily Um, emotionally, but like kind of really resonated with people. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if it was just a little bit, even if. Even if it was just like, oh, this is interesting, or I didn't expect to see this here. Um, that was enough to like kind of light the spark. Um, and then I think I made another level after that, which I think no one played, which was a bit discouraging. Um, but then Little Big Planet 2 came out a little bit later. And then I made, I think I made one other thing, which no one played. And then I was like a bit sad. And then I think I decided, you know what? I'll make like one more level because I, I enjoyed making the levels, but it felt like shit when no one played them. Uh, it was I, mean, just, no, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, you create anything. You kind of pour your heart into it. You want it. You want somebody to people will enjoy you know, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll make one more um, to just kind of get it out of my system. And I think unconsciously it, it, it was probably a turning point in my head for like, because uh, you know, in in high school, you know, finding identity, right? I was trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life. Yeah. Um, I know that I like making things, but does anyone like want the things that I make? Like, I I, I really don't know. Um, so I made I decided one more, and this one, um, yeah, I guess it was like an all or nothing kind of. Um, sorry, it was like yeah, I, I'm going to put everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I made a game about. A, it was like a character that um, I guess they were diagnosed with some terminal illness and then they they had one day left to live 
um, and then you get to you get to go through this like two D side scrolling role play of this person's last day of their life. Um, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, um, thinking back on it, I, I'm I'm still pretty proud of it. Like you wake up in your house and then you you leave the house and he's like, all right, this is my last day to live. And then there are all these like little, um, there's like a town and there are all these people there like kind of um, involved in different aspects of their life. I think you start out and there's somebody who's, I think their door was stuck or something. And then you have to like help them open the door and then you could kind of explore the town. And you, I think when you go up to the top of the building, there's like a character who's really sad, who's like, no one loves me. I'm going to jump off this building. Um, oh. My stuff is pretty morbid. Um, but what you could do was I, I, I used the mechanics of Little Big Planet to try to like tell these stories, right? You could grab that person and you pull them off. And then what you can do is you can drag them to, I think they had zombie makeup on. They had like yeah. a zombie face on. You could drag them to town and they find another person with zombie face. And they're like, oh my God, it's another person like me. Yay. And then they're like happy and they become friends. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a series of these little interactions that you could do as a player on your like last day. Leaving in a life. positive impact on the last day. Yeah. 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 Um, and it had this like karma system as well. So it would track the good deeds. Um, and I think it tracked the bad deeds as well. Because um, I think. Well ahead in, of the curb. Yeah. Yeah. In that instance, I think you could have actually knock the person off the building and kill them <laughs> and then you would get like an like a negative karma but um yeah based on your actions you would get like different endings uh where you get to like reconcile with one of your loved ones or 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 they would like um or you wouldn't be able to reconcile with them um and yeah i remember thinking like i think i think it tells you in little big planet how long you spend on it. i think it was like 24 hours roughly uh into yeah, right. this I was like, it was a big, and I was like studying and shit during this time. Um, so it was a, it was a big effort. Big um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, thankfully, it, it actually like popped off pretty decently. Um, I think I remember the last time I checked, it was like 30,000 people played it. Um, yeah. No main feat. Yeah, yeah. And I think it got on the like the featured list for, for that week or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were maybe like hundreds maybe, of comments maybe i played it because i, I used to uh, yeah. i used to love going through the yeah. like i was no good at the yeah. the actual create mode myself but yeah. i would jump in and i'd play people's levels they created and would have an amazing yeah. time i wonder if maybe i played it at some point it's possible it's been um, so long I, ago that i don't yeah. think i'd remember unfortunately but oh yeah i, no, wonder, if that... I, I wonder if i did yeah I, I don't know if i can dig up a link i'll, I'll show you and see if it yeah, rings cool. any bells um but uh yeah there were hundreds of comments of people who were like wow, this was like really quite um, moving. And there were people saying like, wow, this made me appreciate my life more. And really like pretty That's meaningful cool. comments. Like they might've been from like eight year olds and stuff. I don't know who was like the audience here, but who cares? There was, who cares? It's, hitting, like, it's hitting people, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that really, really had a, a lasting impact on me. And at that point I was like, you know what? I think, I think this is my thing. I think this is my calling. Um, and then, funnily enough, afterwards, I'm like, "All right, uh, I'm a I'm a big shot creator now. I'll make a new level, and it's going to be amazing." I made another one, spent a lot of time on it. No one played it. No one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, oh I'm a fuck now." Um, but I guess that was preparing me for the reality of the industry. Of what game dev can really be so, like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I have I have a lot to 
um, to attribute to towards like a little big planet for sure. Um, so from there, um, hmm. obviously still dabbling with the games and everything just, uh, at the time, but there's Swinburne. Uh, so you were studying Bachelor of Multimedia Science, Computer Games and Programming. Uh, hmm. You were working out of an op shop for a while there as well. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about the exact pronunciation. Deloitte Digital? Yes, yeah, yep. Deloitte. Yep. Um, a, a couple of different since they're doing HTML, CSS and Java. Um, mm. Working a lot of things, that are, well, a couple of things there that are kind of adjacent to games, but not quite there. Mm-hmm. So how did you, having gone through all those over the course of a few years and Deloitte kind of multiple stints there, how did you come about, I guess, meeting Nick for mm-hmm. and forming Samurai Punk? And how did you kind of come to this conclusion, I suppose? Mm-hmm, this joint decision yeah yeah um so yeah i studied uh at swinburne um and uh yeah i did computer science and multimedia and in that course um at the time it was pretty rough um the course is in a be- much better place now oh, these days yeah um, i've spoken to a few people who've gone through swinburne more recently and they've yeah. had things to say yeah, that's great. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Because um, when I was there, it was really in flux. Um, believe it or not, in a in a five year uh, was it five or four years? I don't even remember. Four or five year games double degree. We didn't actually make any games until like the end of the third year. Yeah, right. Yeah, before then it was like, you know, we're gonna make this like I don't know. Sp- the fuck the, there was a fucking subject sorry i don't know if no, the no, f-bombs no, no, are good, allowed no, no, i'm not yeah, gonna okay. be editing out you're good <laughs> okay but there was a subject where it was like we had to make a an application for storing cake recipes and i'm like sure okay i can do this but like my my i was also in a position where i i had a um like a, a merit scholarship yeah. where because of my scores in high school i I got my fees paid for, but then to hold that scholarship, I needed to maintain like a distinction average. Yeah. Right. So I was in this weird situation where like I needed to spend so much time studying that I wasn't able to get like a part-time job. Uh, and I was like, if I fail in my, basically my studying kind of was my job because I paid for my school fees. Um, but then my, it felt like my, my future kind of hinged on making this fucking cake recipe app. And I was just, I was so, it pissed me off so much. I'm like, I'm here to like fucking make games. I want to make that, games, you know, not this Change bullshit. people's lives, like not this fuck. Like, yeah, um, it was, it was, it was a struggle. Um, and I think Nick related somewhat, um, maybe on a different level, because he he did multimedia, and I think, I think he said that he was mostly writing essays. Yeah, right. Like, just analyzing media. Which so having similar I, I, sorts of experiences, like, why am I doing this and not the core of the the thing that I'm trying to chase? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I think when we kind of, when our paths collided, I think we were both really hungry to make stuff. Um, and it happened that um, we both had uh, signed up for Global Game Jam in 2013. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we didn't actually know each other very well, but um we we had both originally signed on with uh, some of our separate friend friendship groups yep. but everybody kind of ditched like separately um so we we both came there being like okay our own teams kind of ditched us let's but we sort of know each other let's let's just work together um so we grabbed whatever swinburne people we could find and we built a team out of that um and uh yeah we built a game called samurai double x 
um, yeah, over okay. over those two days. Um, so you can you can kind of see the lineage of where the company came the, from. The, but, yeah, uh, the company's name. Yeah, yeah. It, it was about a it was a blind samurai that had to use echolocation to like see the world. Um, That's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. There were actually a, a few games exactly. that came after that with a similar kind of mechanic. Um, not saying they copied us, but it was funny seeing like There's similar thought. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we had the rush of being like, okay, so we've just spent like three years not making games, and then in in two days we've made a basically finished game. It's a small game, but what it was have we a... been doing all this time? Exactly, like what the fuck is that? Um, but we then we realized, okay, one, we can make games. Two, that was really fun. Three, like we work well together. Um, so that kind of kicked off a series of game jams that we did, um, kind of on our own time. Then we actually convinced the uni staff to run like university game jams. Yeah, so we did a, a bunch of those. Uh, and those were really fruitful. Which and, also, um, no mean feat considering how slow they'd been with everything else up to that point. It's oh, a fair achievement to get them to suddenly pivot like that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I can't remember exactly how we convinced them, but I guess I, I guess the results. Like, we were just so passionate and we just believed in it so much. Because um, we, you know, before then we were like, we were thinking like, what the hell am I doing here? Am I ever going to be able to make games to like, yeah. I can make heaps of games. I can make all sorts of games. Um, so when it came to graduation time, um, I had I had a graduate job lined up at Deloitte. Um, so that that was really good because my my original plan was going to be um, work in a corporate job, earn earn some money for a while, and then see what you build a bit of a nest. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, you know then could support me to do game development. Um, but uh, during that time, Nick and I started making a mobile game together. Um, yeah, okay. Which, uh, yeah, was was a pretty fun game. Like some people played it, didn't didn't go like gangbusters or anything. Not um, Little Big Planet thirty k numbers. No. Oh well, I actually, I mean, it was a, it was an iOS game, and it was paid. I think it was like three dollars. So I think I think maybe we sold like two hundred copies. Um, but then we did a free giveaway. I think a couple of maybe twenty thousand people downloaded it. Yeah, so, yeah, right. yeah there, were, there were like non-zero numbers, but it wasn't enough to earn a living for sure. Yeah. Um, but during that period, um, we did another game jam, um, Global Game Jam twenty fourteen, where uh, Nick, uh, myself, uh, Ellie, uh, Ellie Whitford, and Hadley. Barton and Cliff, um, who were like friends, like just study mates, basically, um, yep. came together and we made the screen sheet, the first, the first yeah, version the first screen sheet. Screen- yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. Um, and that did start it to pop off. Um, the yeah, prototype I remember, was I remember seeing script like the first time I saw a screen sheet and mm. how much that was taking off through the little communities I was part of mm. to the point where, like, these days, and I mean, a lot of uh, Sorry, I feel like I do this every episode for people. They're sick of hearing it now, but like, uh, I'm, I'm a teacher. But at the end of every single, like at the end of the year, in kind of the high school system where exams are done and it's this weird limbo period where they've still got days on the clock, but the programs themselves are finished, you tend to have a lot of just like random activities things that are on just to keep people on because 
we don't want to be sending the kids home that sort of thing so yeah. there's you know they'll go out on excursions for the day or they'll go and you know play sport for the entire day or I'll offer, I'll offer up video games as an option and Ooh. screen sheet is a staple every single year really I'll, and a lot of the kids are like oh, I've not heard of it before because they're all the uh-huh. Fortnite crowd uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. but um, I pop it in front of them here you go four controllers here's uh-huh. a basic idea go mm-hmm. for it and it ends up being consistently every single year the game that's played the most of the whole wow. and I throw a few options out there for them and I'm, I'm obviously targeting for the most part four player multiplayer sort of thing so I can get as many people involved as possible mm-hmm. but it's the one every single year they come back to more than anything like it's, wow. you know, we'll play this game for a bit and we'll go for this for, for a bit and the request mm. inevitably comes can we go back to screen sheet so, wow that's so cool congratulations yeah. on that one yeah thanks for doing that thanks for doing that and thanks for sharing the story um, yeah that, that's one of the really fun things about having worked on that game is it's kind of universal appeal yeah. Um, yeah like it's it is one of the few like I guess I, I get maybe Fortnite has changed things but like yeah, it, at the time it was one of the few like family friendly like shooting games yeah. um, it's just so light hearted and like any violence is just slapstick violence um, oh yeah, no. and because and so there's the, the little quips afterwards and all those sorts of things that are designed mm-hmm. to just make you laugh at it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, screen sheet, screen sheet started to do pretty well, and then um, I was working Deloitte during the day and screen sheet during the evenings and on the weekends. Um, but uh, yeah, a big turning point for us was doing our first packs uh, yeah. in Seattle. Uh, where we showed the game and that 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 was crazy because we thought like oh you know our game is like pretty good a few people like it but you know we're, we're really only in the australian bubble at that time but when we took it to pax then we had like going global you know, yeah yeah as like kids basically you know we were still essentially kids at that point who were like browsing the web looking at shit like everybody else and we just had like you know it was like IGN and like game grumps and like I think who was it game trailers at the time yeah people from these big sites were like coming to talk to us and like you know doing videos and content about our game and we're just like oh my god like something weird has happened yeah we've, this this is a moment I want to bottle this <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah I guess that experience told me that there is a future in games um for for us and for me in particular and then yeah after it was, it was about nine months at Deloitte which was a great job I, I really enjoyed that job uh, and it was very very cushy not cushy but like it was stable you know I, I, I was assured a future if I stayed there um, after nine months I was like I'm sorry but I'm I'm gonna quit um, and then I'm gonna do this I'm chasing indie, the dream yeah chase the dream um, and here I am like uh, seven years later successful yeah yeah chase mm, uh, and yeah so uh, uh the the other two that were on screen sheet at the time they've since left and gone on to other things yeah. but uh me and nick have endured like we were both there from the start and built you know, a we, team. We'll, we'll, yeah built a team around around things um we're bigger and better than we've ever been it's, yeah exciting times yeah it is exciting times and what what fascinates me most about the studio is the the diversity of ideas that are coming out in terms of the final product mm. from screen sheet to feather mm-hmm. to Roomba, american dream most mm. recently trios which we'll definitely dive into 
uh, with my little bit of bias there. But like, where does this suite of different ideas come from? Because I think one thing, like one thing that I think anyone who's kind of paid attention to Samurai Punk over the journey, no, uh, I think knows to expect at this point is to expect the unexpected. I suppose, mm-hmm, like, th- there's a real range of different titles there that I don't think you could ever sit back and say they make this. Mm, well, this mm. is kind of their lane. Like they, you know, they might say somewhere within this field. Mm-hmm. You guys just like how how do these ideas come about? And they are mm. so like tonally diverse, systemically diverse, mechanically. You know, whichever way you want to spin it, there's so many different styles of games you got going ahead. Like how does how does that come about? How do you foster that within the team? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one, and I'm glad you noticed because I think that is an important part of. Uh, what makes our studio our studio um yeah yeah um i i said uh, i had to cap it at eight but it was i was worried i would just pass out from tiredness but let's let's, let's 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 keep it going a little longer anyway because uh good um, do you want to get do you want to get to the trios discussion as well um and yeah I, i'm feeling energetic enough i can have a little bit of yeah keeping me going um but uh yeah where where do those ideas come from um let me let me think back a bit i i think i think the the general answer of that is our our creative culture stems from me and nick uh or myself and nick's experience in game jams yeah because every time you go into a game jam you have no idea what you're going to come out with yeah that's um, yeah um, and in particular, like maybe in some ways we, we were blessed by our uni experience that like when we entered that game jam, we didn't know how to make any games. You, you so, had no kind of prior, I, I don't know, concepts of what the rules were or how things Yeah, were. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, if, if the course had, for instance, been like, all right, today we're going to make, on this semester we're going to make uh, Pong, next semester we're going to make like unreal tournament and blah 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 we would have all these things to fall back on yeah but we yeah. really didn't have that we yeah um so yeah almost every game jam game we did was was like in a wildly different genre um often wildly different tone um there there was kind of a commonality of uh kind of like dark humor or like sub subverting um uh, expectations kind of yeah, baked you can in see that a little yeah. bit between yeah the likes of screen sheet and the american dream and and mm-hmm. Rubo, for example is it there's a few examples with it yeah i, I can see that but mm. beyond that there's still so much else going on which has always been really fascinating to me mm-hmm. um yeah like uh if i can think about yeah so the first game jam game we did was samurai double x with the blind samurai yeah um the second that everyone copied (laughs) yeah yeah uh we just like put that on the record yeah uh fyi um the next game we did which everyone's going to copy next just just you see fortnite's going to announce their expansion for this soon um it was a yeah screenshot oh my if they do that i'm gonna i'm gonna Um, little seven or eight year olds just shooting blindly yeah, into space yeah. and it's going to be an absolute disaster yeah. oh, or screaming abuse at each other uh, I, I think it, it, it would be entertaining at least um, well the when, next... when you kick back and you go well I created this beast oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
crap. What was the next game we made? Uh, the next one I can remember at least was a game called Frown Town, yep. which was um, it was like a GTA like where we had this shitty version of Melbourne that we had made. We got like the Google Maps map, and then we like extruded the the, the boxes out to make yep. like a, a really basic cityscape. And you were like a man who had who had a TV smashed over his head by his angry wife for something. And then he was really depressed and he has to go around town doing all these depressing errands. And it was really it was really just like go from A to B. And it was like there was a bit of text that says like go and pay the bills for your broken leg or like, you know, go bury your dog. And like they were all just really sad things. And as you completed these tasks, your like aura of sadness would increase. And all of the citizens around town, they were all happy people. But when you, they entered your aura of sadness, they would get mad at you and try oh, to right. chase you. So it was like, yeah, it was like a weird like GTA Pac-Man kind of thing where the more sad you got, the more these people would start chasing you. Um, and you just needed to complete all the errands before they they killed you, um, and um, it got right. it got very silly. Bit, but yeah, yeah, a I little bit more. It was, it was still fun. And then at the end, when you get to the final few missions, you could unlock Usain Bolt mode, where um, you just move really fast for like a short amount of time. Um, called it Usain Bolt mode. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, actually Usain good. Bolt mode. Um, I think it also said Lightning Bolt action on the screen which was a it was the tagline for metal gear rising um oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right of course yeah yeah um it was i we could make whatever we wanted so we did i guess yeah why um not? yeah um so that was frown town the next one was it was called bear attack which was a game where you played as a bear that would uh was defending a forest from like wood choppers and you would you would eat the you would eat the people which then made you poo, and when you pooed, like trees would grow again. Um, so you were like trying to regrow the forest while fighting back these wood choppers. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a bit of, I guess, rumbo, rumbo in there. Yeah, there's a hint um, of you can see a through line there, a little connection between the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like game after game was like just weird experiments, and us just like really having fun creating things. Um, and and trying to make something that would really surprise people and offer them something that was fresh and exciting. Um, so, I guess in contrast, because there, there, again, there has been that kind of that humor and lightheartedness that we've kind of discussed. Mm-hmm. So, when the likes of Feather come along, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how does that how does that idea start to gain traction within the studio? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Feather. I, I had a mm-hmm. great time with Feather. Um, oh, awesome. Again, I think going back to the topic of the platinums, I platinum feather. I chased that. I chased down everything I needed to do in that game. But then also just really enjoyed the the zenness, for whatever mm. phrase, mm. of just coasting through that through that world. But yeah, like how how considering the history up to that point, where there is kind of this tongue in cheek sort of thing, and again we've had the likes of America, the American Dream, and those sorts of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you come to an idea like that, or as a team, how do you come to an idea like that? Mm, mm. um yeah yeah feather feather was really unique um but i think 
it was it was a good game for us to do because I guess on I guess maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to the um go to the origins first because actually the origins were kind of a lot like the other games um we were gonna make another silly game uh, it was gonna be a bird a bird ace combat clone um so you're gonna fly around and you're gonna shoot missiles that were other birds to fight other flocks of birds yeah um and we you know we we even had like um a whole like ace combat hud where you could like oh nice aim your like micro missiles and it's like and it'll do all that stuff but um at the time nick and ellie who were who were both um they both liked those dog fighting games but they liked different dog fighting games, which meant that they could not agree on what the gameplay feel was going to be like. Yeah. Cause I think Nick wanted it to be like ace combat. And then Ellie wanted it to be like something else, like crimson skies or something like that. Um, or one of those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't agree on it. So we were running out of time on, uh, it was another game jam actually. Uh, we were running out of time and we just kind of decided, you know, if we can't agree on it, on what the combat's going to be, just take out the combat. And just screw it. Um, and when we did that, we were like, hey, it's kind of nice just flying around. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we thought, okay, it's a game, so we need to put an objective, and we just let people collect these fruits, and we're like, oh, it's fun, it's quite satisfying. Uh, and then we put that on itch.io, um, where it got a decent amount of got a decent amount of downloads and i think some people actually paid for it as well i think we made like maybe a thousand dollars from like donations that's right. um but uh that told us that there was there was something people, there there was something there like people actually wanted this um but they also made comments where they're like i don't know what to do once i've collected all these fruits uh it's the game over um and um nick kind of took it upon himself to be like how can I address this kind of flaw with the design where it's really nice to fly around in this space, but the moment you've completed the like arbitrary objective, it feels like you're, you're done. Um, where it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, so he kind of pushed for like, how do we make this a goalless game? Um, and that I think, even though, Feather is this kind of really serene um, and, you know, tonally different game to the rest of our work. I, what I love about Feather um, in particular is its willingness to like look at convention of like a game needs to have a goal and just be like, nah, fuck that. We're going to try and do something else. Um, The level of success, I mean, is mixed because I mean, the game didn't go like gangbusters or anything. Yeah, but it's it has like a very passionate following. Like I think we have made, you know, somewhat of a cult. Um, I mean, game. you see, you see it pop up in the Discord a little bit as well. Those sorts of things. Like you see, there's there's a community and they love it. Yeah, yeah, and and people have made like fan art and stuff, and we'll we we get like comments and reviews every now and then where people are just like, you know, this game really helped me during a tough time, or you know, I really enjoy being able to be in just a, a peaceful and serene space um in this medium where most of the time 
you know, it's about killing the shit out of this or like, I have to be the best at this or blah, 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 which, which are all fun things to do. Um, but you know, feather offered something really different. Um, and, um, yeah, what, what, I, I can't remember. I, ha- I had another point that I was going to cover, but, um, yeah, feather at least it's, it has the like punk spirit because it, it's, it's willing to, to look at what everyone else is doing and go the other way. Um, yeah, and, yeah, that's fair. and yeah, it, it was validated by the fact that there are people out there who really want that experience and were willing to support that experience. Um, and that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've seen obviously, yeah, Brumbo and there's Justice Sucks and all those sort of, and those titles as well. But let's let's get to the one one of the ones that I'm yeah really really keen to pick your brain about. Even this conversation, how it all stru- uh, struck up, was over over the fact that uh, the cold email into my inbox about hey, Paul, we know you're a math teacher, we know you're in games media, we've got just the game for you. Now I had seen trios um, prior prior to that, and actually caught, kind of caught me off guard by how how close we were to the launch when when, mm-hmm. when the email came through. Mm. But how does that idea come about? Because that yeah, I mean, as a math teacher, I'm like this is brilliant until it destroyed my soul and made me question whether I'm actually good enough to do the job. But um, how, how, does, how does that come about? Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar, I guess, um, you've got a t- if I really boil the whole thing down, series of levels, consecutive levels there, you've got a target number that you need to create, you've got a whole host of different um, sing- like uh, digits there available to work with as well as some operations, and you've got to use each and every one of those in the right combination to create the target number. Once you do that, mm. you can move on to the next level. How does that? And again, I've I've really boiled it down to kind of nut, some basic nuts and bolts here. But like, mm. how does that come about? And mm. I guess in a similar way, like, how do you identify? Okay, there's, there's an audience that's going to go for this. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, first of all, um, I'm glad that you found it challenging because one of our goals was to make it a scalable experience. Whether you think you are good at maths or whether you know whether you're confident with maths or whether it's something that you're pretty afraid of which a lot of people quite honestly are a lot of people afraid yeah 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 um we wanted to give them something which is like i feel like this is difficult but it is something i can accomplish if i take my time and i think about it and try enough um and there's a little hint system that you've got in there that throws people a little bone as well it can kind of just get the ball rolling which i think is a really nice sort of gesture mm. that you got there mm, mm, mm. um yeah so in terms of where the idea uh like how it came to be um surprise surprise it was another game jam yep. um it was game jam 2019 um sorry one sec i'm just gonna open a window because it's like i can feel the the warm air building up Not a um but uh yeah, Game Jam 2019. The theme of that Game Jam was... Uh, what the hell was it? I think it was just coming home. Yeah. Uh, and... The, the Game Jam previous to that one, um, I had made a, like... Kind of like a meditation simulator, basically. Like, I was, I was interested in, like... Because meditation apps were becoming more popular, but... Uh, even though they were helpful, they were a bit dry. I was yep. thinking, you know, how could you, how could you make Add a like, bit of personality a... to these things? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was what I did the previous year. Um, 
And then this year, I couldn't help but carry that thought onward. Um, so I think the combination of a team in a game jam is such an interesting like uh, catalyst for like new ideas because I think I can I think I can trace quite clearly how how this happened. So um, I was in meditation and you know Zen experiences. The uh, one of the other team members, Ellie. So she loves like puzzle games, um, yeah. and she's a software engineer. So she loves like the the what are they the, like the Zachtronics games and like Factorio that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and she loves mathematics. Um, and then the other team member, um, Elise, she was not big into mathematics, um, but she. You know, she she I guess she was into like this kind of space aesthetic at the time. Um, so as we kind of butted our heads around ideas, um, I I think at the time I was reading a book about it was called like Brief History of Infinity, um, and it was just about um, it's a really interesting book because it's it covered not only like the, the mathematical concepts around infinity, but also the philosophical implications yeah, right. of people trying to grapple with and understand. It's the a concept big ideas going there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of made me think about, you know, how numbers and mathematics, even though, you know, they've kind of surfaced as this set of systems that we use in our day to day life, they existed prior to mankind, I yeah. guess. Like, you know, if you think about it, it's like they are the underlying like they rules so much. that govern this universe. Um, and I thought that was like the coolest shit, right? Um, so I had an idea where I was like, what if, what if all the, what if the Big Bang was just like numbers? that were all just like scattered throughout the universe and then and then colliding together know, yeah colliding together and turning into different things but then at the end of the you know at the end of the universe there's like the idea of the big crunch where everything comes back to the origin um so i had this concept of like oh what if it's all the numbers trying to come back together um and then through that um ellie was like oh yeah we can do like arithmetic puzzles and stuff and then she started designing the puzzles um and then i thought hey this is like a kind of cool zen experience like it could be i want to make it so that elise could enjoy it because she doesn't really she, she wasn't really a maths maths person yeah you know what what they would say um and yeah we we built that out um and Elise liked it, so that was one thing. She was like, "Oh shit, like, it's actually yeah, we've done fun. something here with something yeah, that we... I don't really like." That's yeah, that's yeah. Um, and then the next, the next thing was, we saw, um, we had like um, people come in at the end of the game jam to like test people's games, um, and there was a kid, like a young girl, who came and was like, "Oh, this game looks cool." Like she came to try it out, because um, I think the vis- the visuals were quite nice and the music was quite nice. And she tried the first few levels and she was like, oh, this is fun. And just, I think it was like eight years old or something. Um, but then she hit a wall where it was just too hard. And then, and they're like, oh shit, I really wish that you could enjoy this. Like in my head, I was like, I really wish that you could enjoy this right now, but it's just too hard. 
because I think Ellie had designed the puzzles for like other computer scientists, like yeah, software right. engineers, <laughs> right? Um, but I was like, okay, there's something that Elise saw this and she was like, mm, okay, curious. She gave it to her, I think her parents and like some other older relatives in her family. And she was like, oh, hey, my parents enjoy this. But I'm like, the older people enjoy this. Um, and I was like, hmm. There's something unique here. Um, there's something that can have like, you know, a positive impact on people. It's working for and multiple different demographics. It's working for multiple demographics. And there's like, there's like an elegance there that um, honestly, as like a designer, it's like really hard to design a game, but there is, there are very few things I mean, arguably, there is nothing as elegant as mathematics, because our, our universe discussed before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our universe is literally constructed through it. So I'm like, how about I let Mother Nature do the game design, and and, and we just funnel the experience for people um, yeah, into a keyboard and mouse or a, a yeah. switch or whatever the case happens to be. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of like this kind of planted a seed where I was like, okay, there's something interesting here. I want to do something with it um but you know we it, it was always going to be like kind of niche and like hard to market so we didn't really know when or how to bring it to market um yeah. but uh yeah we had we had just kind of gotten off the heels of um a big project that didn't come to fruition um yeah, right which was like a bit of a bit of a disappointment but we needed stuff to work on, uh, and I was like, well, "Let's let's return to that maths thing." Um, and then, when we returned to it, the goal was: there's a fun game here, but there's such a broad level of uh, experience and like uh, attitudes toward mathematics that I I wanted to make something that could be fun for anyone on that spectrum yeah. um like specifically i was like okay i know that if if you like maths you're probably going to enjoy it but i want you to be challenged it can't be too easy for you um oh it's challenging yeah good good all right i'm glad um but then on the flip side i really was looking at the people who were like i hate maths or like i'm not a maths person or they see numbers and they're like fuck off um i was like how can i convince you to understand that maths is actually something that is universal, that is, is just a skill, right? And you can develop it like anything else. It is not an inherent thing that you're born with. Um, yeah, there was actually, I think, if I can trace back, I think part of a strong motivation of this was um, when when I was in 10th um, grade, no, 10 years old in fourth grade, we were learning division in yeah. school, and um, uh, I, I was I was okay at maths. Like, I guess I guess I was I was pretty good at maths. Um, so I, I I was okay. It was challenging, or whatever. But my best friend, he couldn't understand the division like concept. He couldn't figure out how to do it, and he had he was like forced to stay behind in class. Oh, right, okay. Until he could figure it out. Brutal. And I remember sitting there with him because he was my best friend. And I remember he was crying because he couldn't figure it out. 
and that yeah that that kind of stuck with me uh and every time i've seen somebody who's like i can't do maths i can't do maths i'm like i also couldn't do maths at one point but then i learned yeah because i, I believed that i could and i guess i tried it enough that you know i was able to eventually Find learn it and it works for you yeah yeah um and yeah there, there's there's definitely been a kind of a greater push to open up like stem to to like larger audiences particularly with children um to let them know that it's not a thing that certain people are like born to be gravitated towards like everyone can everyone can learn something here so yeah i wanted to i, I wanted to make something for people like my best friend when he was in that position yeah. where it's like you know it's like it's okay you know this is a this is a puzzle this is a problem but it's okay no one's going to hurt you no one's going to be mad at you we're just going to ease ourselves into this and just poke around with it until you can understand it yeah um, i mean there's a there's a number of those levels that just through trial and error like you can get there and mm -hmm. all things going well you learn mm -hmm. something from it yeah yeah exactly exactly and you know the game we try to like give people like a nice pat on the back like encouragement uh there's no there's no punishment there's no time limit there's no pressure um you have infinite time to just poke and prod um yeah. and yeah i think with with enough repetition with trial and error and repetition i think that people can start to grasp the concepts better and i think it's i think it's good for like just general arithmetic and times tables um like proficiency as well um and yeah i just i just kind of love i also love the brain training game on ds yeah yeah that were that? always good yeah yeah I, I had a lot of fun with that so i think it was trying to offer a similar experience to that as well um no no i mean i i enjoyed it myself just through that sense because mm. you know the nature of my job is i've got a certain curriculum that i need to teach and mm. i do that day in day out year in year out mm. as a result i kind of get home and i try not to think too much about the maths anymore like i'd like to i'd like to switch off from it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but this worked in the sense that i'm not touch, like hitting on those same beats I'm, mm -hmm. and I guess beats is kind of an important thing. There's the local hey. beats component. Well. <laughs> Good use of the, the word there. But um, like I, I'm not hitting those same tones. I'm actually, like, it's just purely stimulating the brain and getting me thinking and outside the box. It's, it's again, it's a puzzle as opposed to punching out massive numbers of equations or, you know, skills and drills that you do, you know, might do over and over to drill a concept in someone's head which mm. you know there's there's plenty of uh, there's merit to that and there's also a lot of evidence that suggests that's not necessarily the best approach but we don't need mm -hmm. to do, go, dive into our <laughs> teaching pedagogy thing right now yeah, um, yeah. otherwise we could be here for hours <laughs> uh, it just it scratched uh, a numeracy itch that i didn't necessarily want scratched because i have to like it's it's eight to nine hours of my day every day mm -hmm. but by letting it in i actually no hang on this is this is a different sort of itch that's being scratched it's sure it's within that same field but i'm being challenged in a way here that i'm not normally and i i'm enjoying it and uh, mm. eventually i started hitting some some barriers myself I'm like oh my god I, I, maybe <laughs> maybe i need to walk away from this profession i don't think i can <laughs> but it's, I, it, it I, pushed, I can't it tell anyone you. about this yeah. oh yeah it's absolutely pushed yeah. me um yeah, like, i'm yeah. not done I, i'm yeah. not done um oh good good yeah, keep keep on going. Keep on. And going. I'm not done with the game either. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. Getting, like, I will get this thing finished. Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. there's no doubt in my mind. But like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Some of them, yeah. Some of them will will make an experienced 
mathematician sweat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's not yeah. because you're actually like, I, I know in the back of my mind, it's like, it's still not because I'm no good at my job, but it's, mm. it's identifying the right combination. Like I, I've got a limit. There's a scope here. There's a limited scope that I have to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is I don't necessarily have those same constraints placed upon me or the, or the kids that I'm teaching. We're, we're able mm. to work within a structure there and manipulate it and bend it and mold it to, to suit what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. there's there's boundaries and like I, i've got you know i've got this little you know i've got little strategies like okay if, if i've got something in the negatives let's see if i can and the actual number i need is amongst those there like let me see if i can create a negative one mm-hmm. so if i can get a negative one mm-hmm. doors open up to me everywhere um, mm-hmm. and same sort of idea if i can get a one in the positive region if i'm talking like there's there's lots of things that open up to me there i need to take out all these other ones as well but if i can get there mm-hmm. i'm a fair way down and that mm. works for a long time until all of a sudden it doesn't. I'm like, oh, mm. now I need to start. Yeah. Like, what else can I do? And like, and it really starts to force me to dive into the trick bag, mm. um, which drives me mad. And I've now exhausted. I feel like I've exhausted everything from the trick bag. But I'm gonna <laughs> get there. Um, the, um, the we we mentioned the beats, the lo-fi beats side of side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that idea come about? Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I'm I'm listening to some lo-fi beats right now, actually, in the background. Um, oh, nice. It's just it's just soothing. It really is. Um, it, it came about at the right time because um, I think that was when the the YouTube lo-fi beats channel, like that that ongoing playlist, kind of was oh, becoming yeah, okay. popular. Yeah. Um, and I knew that a lot of people were listening to this kind of music when they felt like they they needed to be productive but they also wanted to kind of relax about it. Um, so it kind of, it was kind of perfect. Um, Cause it hit the, it hit the kind of feel where it's simultaneously about being productive and focusing whilst also being a bit mellow, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Like there was like a cool factor to it that was like, that was kind of uncommon with a lot of puzzle games because the default with these kind of puzzle games is like it's kind of the music you would hear if you go to like a spa or something you know it's just like stuff. and that stuff's all good and it's nice i love that kind of music but it's not cool it's not uh, you know what you want for this sort of thing it's it's a bit more hypno- hypnotic um, yeah yeah and that's not quite yeah. I'd imagine the goal. Yeah, you know, yeah. Putting so, people to sleep whilst they're playing a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we wanted to, you know, like the like the overarching goal was like, I want to, for the people who like maths, I want you to play this game and think that I'm playing like a cool, fun game. And for everyone else who is not yet convinced, I want to trick you into realizing that you can learn maths yeah all right so we're going to present it in this like cool ambient kind of flowing atmosphere um and uh yeah the lo-fi beats really happened to hit the mark um our composer he really liked lo-fi beats um as well that helps Um, yeah yeah um unfortunately he wasn't able to make a lot of music for the game because he was just really busy at the time but yeah he made he made one track and then he curated a soundtrack of like licensed songs. So yeah, right, like, okay. 
grabbed the ones that he felt were good and and then he tailored the soundscape because he did the he did the uh the sound effects um to to kind of fall in line with and blend in with the music um and uh yeah i think there's also there's also like this ambient sound in the background where you'll hear like it's like kind of the sound of waves or like crickets chirping kind of thing so it's like nice kind of yeah it's like study feel yeah yeah the whole the whole combination of sound really works so like Mm. after i'd spent a bit of time playing the game myself i passed Mm. over to my wife who like she's not um she's not horrible with with numbers or maths but it's not i guess it's not her life or a profession like it is for me um and she said it was fantastic for just mallowing in the mm. in the instance where a question or sorry a problem might start to get a little bit frustrating or like you're starting to see a bit of a a, ball, a wall starting to emerge mm-hmm. that would be the perfect thing to just help take a deep breath mm. now i'd imagine that's what it, that that's how the majority of people would would feel for myself, uh-huh. not so much the case, but I have there's a there's a there's another level of investment there where when I start yeah. like the, the the beats are great for a while, and then when yeah. I've been looking at the same question for ten minutes, and there's this, this I guess the professional ego in there's like I should be yeah. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. they stop being effective. But again, I'm very much the outlier, the the outlier yeah. case in that, and they yeah. do do the job ninety five percent of the time. Good, that, good. Do you so, switch to like different music when you get into that mode? You like crank on some heavy metal where it's just like no I'm gonna no 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 because no, because I, I am <laughs> I am gonna stick with it and hope like it 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 does help with that uh-huh. that mellowing and trying to keep calm and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. so I'm gonna keep it there because I think mm-hmm. it, yeah if I try and indulge too much in anything else I probably am <laughs> gonna lose my focus in the similar uh-huh. thing to what you're talking about at the moment where you've got you've got lo-fi beats going at the moment just to create that sort of headspace mm-hmm. they are still really effective. Mm. It's, and again, I think I'm kind of an outlier in that sense. That eventually, like, God, why is this not working? I've tried. To... <laughs> Everyone's got their tipping point. Everyone's yeah. got their. And again, point. I think that's uh, a little bit of it is the the professional point that's in there. There's there's a mm. there's a pride aspect that's that's being mm. poked at here that most I don't think necessarily have to concern themselves with. But um, oh, I'm I'm glad that you can enjoy it on that level though, because yeah. I think I think like. A lot of really fun games are the ones that really push you where you're just like oh yeah i'm playing i'm playing sekiro at the moment and that game kicks my ass so hard but to I limits. in a totally different way yeah. but pushes you yeah to yeah. yeah 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 we'll call trios the the the, the souls yeah the souls game of number i don't know mass games something i don't know we'll, yeah we'll yeah the souls of number we'll game we'll call it the yeah. souls of something soon yeah yeah um, uh, yeah from software would be proud they would be proud <laughs> So, in terms of the future, um, mm-hmm. and you specifically, mm-hmm. is the, obviously you mentioned there's there's kind of the samurai punk way, which is kind of pursue down a path, but then you know take that kind of fork in the road and try and do something different with it. It's the 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 meme with the car going down the highway that swings down swings off uh, off into that other lane. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a particular type of game that you personally would desperately love to make, and obviously still apply that kind of spin to it afterwards? But is there is there a kind of I guess a more traditional genre that you'd like to get into personally that mm-hmm. you haven't yet. Mm, mm. Um, and again, yeah. you might you might well flip it on its head once you're there. But you know, is there a general <laughs> sort of ballpark that you're keen to pursue? Yeah. Um, there are there are a bunch of ideas that have been like gestating 
in my mind for a while and yeah. um often often they take a few years to actually become anything tangible um like rumbo for instance that yeah. the idea for that kind of started in um i think like 2015 and it wasn't until 2018 that we actually made it yeah. um but um yeah yeah um it's hard because i think we're in a we're in a we're in an interesting time in the industry where it's harder to just make a game and for it to to do okay like you kind of you kind of need to it's like um, the other external pressures that can be be in there as well yeah yeah like there's obviously all the all the challenges with upkeeping a business um financial yeah yeah um but then there's like the critical uh landscape and commercial landscape as well where the games are getting better and better um and uh, consumers demands are getting higher as well um so there's stuff that i want to make but i don't know if it would be you know it would be suitable for the market um but that said i think there are a lot of games that are made with that kind of burning desire to be like i need to make this yeah uh and you know that that love and that care kind of enters the product and the consumers see that and it can succeed regardless of its market viability right um yeah if it's just if it's just that good right people will it'll stand up on its own yeah 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 um so i also can't give away too much no there's some stuff that we could make i was was concerned that uh the answer you might have might in fact be something was in development so you'd have to yeah you'd have to be coy with me but it's still Um, interesting i i uh, i still think i could drop some hints um i won't object but uh i i mentioned that um I guess one of the things at least, because one one is a little bit further along, which I probably can't talk about, but one is a bit more nebulous. Um, I mentioned that uh, I made a meditation game at a game yeah. jam, so that that was with a that was with a good friend of mine. Um, it wasn't with the Samurai Punk team because that game jam, um, I guess maybe there were less people. So I don't know. For reason people split off. Um, but uh, yeah, did did like a meditation game there and that that was another case of like i think there's something here but it it hasn't yet validated itself on a a, a larger enough scale um but um yeah i'm i'm a big i don't know what you call like in meditation enthusiast believer in the value of it um yeah i think similarly to to mathematics it's like this is like a skill that would help anyone. Um, sure. And if you can, if you can make a, a an entertaining uh, learning experience out of it, then how good would it be to play like a really cool game, and, like a great life skill as a as a side effect? Um, I mean, we see we see kind of things in parallel spaces, like how. And I guess Nintendo does a fairly good job with their ring fits and their Wii Fit boards and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Like they've they've turned mm-hmm. something that is exercise, which 
I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there is still that stigma that your standard mm-hmm. gamer is the sort of person who spends insane amounts of hours on the couch, doesn't do a lot yeah. of exercise, they're not the sporty <laughs> sorts. And of course, there's there's exceptions to that rule. I personally play a lot of sport and mm-hmm. and those, those sorts of things, well, you know, pre-COVID. Um, but there's certainly that perception and they managed to find a way and certainly there's, again, there's certain demographics within that audience. Mm. But they found ways to get people off the couch, and we see similar sorts of mm. things in the VR space, and you know the Beat Sabers and of the world, and and like those sorts of titles exist. And it sounds like you're looking to within that meditation space look to make that accessible to people in ways that it hadn't been before, and that's really quite cool. Hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Certainly, that's how that, I read what you said. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 pretty much it. But the the kind of the twist that I would want to put to it, and I guess maybe F- Feather and Trios um, are like they have they have a bit of this to it, but it's like they are both games that offer you a they offer you a gift that you keep after you put the game down. Yep. Where like Feather, it like you know. It, it, it relaxes you and it gives you like good memories with like strangers that you meet in the game trios you're improving your math skills um but they they're still trying to be like core core gamer games yes. um they're not like samurai punks math trainer yeah, um you know or like whatever point. yeah so Sport I, chasing, or there's R, some yeah. little, you know, in the case of a uh, ring fit, there's some little RPG systems and those sorts of things. Yeah, I can understand the yeah. distinction there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Nintendo have kind of, they're trying to, they're trying to cast a wide net with like stuff like Ring Fit, where it's like, yeah, it's their Blue Ocean strategy or whatever they've been calling it. Yeah, yeah. So what what I want to kind of figure out is. How can we make a a, a core gamers game that can give people something like a really meaningful gift after they put the controller down? Um, and a, a lot of that, I think, would be inspired by. Um, have, have you played Bloodborne? Yeah, uh, look, a bit of uh, it. it, it try, I mean, you, yeah, it's it's a it's a brutal ass game. Yeah. Um, so Bloodborne is really interesting, and and then I mean all the Souls games are, are really interesting in their own in their ways, own ways but, yeah for sure yeah, but Bloodborne in particular, what what I took out of it, um, and I I, I believe this is the, the developer's intent as well, um, but I'm not sure how much gamers pick like consumers games picked up on it uh, yeah. directly, but I think that game is actually about conquering your fear right and in, in in a very tangible way uh and and i'll explain that game compared to dark souls dark souls is a game where you play passively and you preserve yourself like you, yeah. you protect yourself and you attack when the time is right there's a far more methodical uh, yeah approach like, that you take to it yeah 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 whereas bloodborne they they were they were geniuses they they tweak the combat and the enemy, the the player's attacks and the enemy's attacks in a way where you are rewarded for risking your life. 
to actually charge in and uh, kind of bypass your fear uh, kind of gut response. Um, so there, there'll be bosses that you'll fight where if you back away, if a, if a boss doesn't attack, if you back away, you'll get hit. Beefy. How, if you move yeah. towards them, you actually don't get hit and then you can attack the enemy. And, and, and you have to learn that through kind of the trial and error and, and realizing that, okay, I the like backing away strategy is not working. Um, and you know, that, that is just like brilliant game design. Um, so as a player, you like, you see these like monstrous creatures like attacking you and you seems well, impossible. impulses, get away, get away, get away. Yeah. Yeah. But then this teaches you, no, go in, go in. Um, and that was like, okay, cool. That, this is fucking brilliant. But I think what made it click for me, what I realized, what the like kind of author intent um there is a there's a creature in the game called the um the amygdala uh or or you could also pronounce it as the amygdala um that that's the part of your brain that controls your fear response like it's this like when they when they use such a literal metaphor enough psychology teachers of course yeah 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 and i was like oh fuck it's like right in front of me um and I, I've seen all these connections now where it's like, I guess the characters in that world are in this like nightmarish space. They see this illusion of fear around it, but then ultimately the player learns that I can conquer all this fear if I charge forward. And ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm not like a fearless, you know, badass after having finished Bloodborne, but I, I am that much better to dealing with fear. I am that much better. I can acknowledge that this is a scary situation but if I can pause and like not immediately flinch and back away, I can and be kind better of, off for it. I can be better off for it. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. But that game is also fucking fun, and it has a great story, great atmosphere, incredible. Yeah, it's uh, kind of traditional gamey in so many other ways. Exactly, exactly. But it really gave me a gift afterwards. Um, so that made me realize that hey, games, you know, and and all the previous stuff that I talked about, right? Yeah, a game can give you something afterwards whilst having made you very very entertained and captivated uh you know in the process yeah Um, that's super cool Mm. one final thing before we kind of uh, dive into wrapping things up going back to the comedic side of things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. games like screen sheet for example american dream rumbo all those they lean quite heavily on on a comedic flair comedy is so hard to stick at the best of times let alone in games and that's because of the the repetitious nature of games and the 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 loops that we tend to go through what what's the thought process when you're when you're coming up with some of the you know and i guess one of the best examples is is screen sheet because you know there's those little quips when you when you get a kill or someone gets you you see it on text on the screen you'll also hear sometimes a little voice um that Mm. pops up as well how do you try and come up with those to make them stick because i think about screen sheet and there's obviously some little references to memes and those sort of things that pop up along the way and like how do you because they still hit the mark like again mm. i cycle back to my story about the kids that i'm bringing through every year and i end up like it's always a staple of what we do and every year you get the same laughter and that sort of thing despite the fact they recognize so that's like a 10 year old joke what's going like how and again similar sort of logic applies with other games how are you making them stick what mm. is your trick mm. Share mm. with the world how you make yeah. these jokes work. Yeah, gosh. Um, I I honestly don't... I couldn't unpack it fully myself. 
I would like. I guess a you know a, a career goal is for one day somebody to do like one of those long form video essays thesis on like this is how samurai punk does it because I think like my myself and Nick have like quirky sense of humor senses of humor um, and I think the freedom that we get from making like being indie developers let us like we'll take risks where it's like we'll do things where it's like I feel like we could get in trouble for this oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but we do it anyway Push the um, yeah yeah um, so I think with screen sheet at least what we tr- what we tried to do was we came up with a system where you could have lots of content for the player that was very easy to generate because all those kill messages they're just like one or two words yeah um but because they're random in how they pop up there's you, you never quite expect what 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 context it's going to appear in um so it's the which means that specifically yeah yeah there's an element of surprise and a like I can't believe I just saw that as feedback for what just happened. Yeah. Um, and it's also that there's like an absurdity element to it as well. Um, and then like the little memes and cultural touchstones. Yeah. Like I guess I, it, 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 it works a lot off of meme culture, I guess, where it's like, you know, you'll see something like, um, fuck, I, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but, um, the ones that just you stick. Know, yeah, like people will remix like memes into different contexts already. Yeah. Um, and so we can we can let players do that in their head when they see the messages pop up in the game. That makes sense. Um, and there's like they're transferable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was that. Um, the beyond that, I think with stuff like American Dream and Roomba. Um, I I personally um, I think I've been influenced a lot by uh, Suda Fifty One and Grasshopper Manufactures games. Um, like No More Heroes and Killer Seven are some of the craziest fucking things I've ever played, um, and they're just so absurd but so honest and and um, what is it? Authentic. Yeah, it's just like whatever like whatever the writers were thinking, they just put it on the page and And it's in the game. Mm. Um, So I think that's a lot of where the humor, like like my side of the humor comes from, where it's just like, whatever you think is funny and cool, just put it in. That's right. And then you you hope that other people will feel the same way. Uh, And thankfully, yeah, in in, in enough cases, yeah. Someone out there, if you want to make that documentary, write up that thesis, the video, (laughs) whatever the case happens to be, Go have a chat to Winston. I'm sure he'll help out and provide some feedback as you go. Yeah, yeah make my day. Make my day. So we've touched on a few uh, influences over the, over the journey. Obviously, we just referenced Suda51 most recently, but is there anyone out there that really inspires you in the way you go about your work as we start to wind things down? Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Maybe someone you've um, worked with or maybe someone you mm, look at from afar. Yeah, yeah. Um, local, international, whatever the mm. case happens to be. 
Um, there, there, there are so many. Um, I have a lot of respect for every indie developer um, because it's just such an industry to crack it in. Yeah. Um, but I have like insane respect for like the people who have become successful. The ones who can be like, I will make something unique and different that people didn't expect and then it still does really well. Um, and if they can and if they can do it in a way that doesn't kill themselves. Well, yeah, that's quite yeah a, in, in like a sustainable way. Yeah, really yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there are, that's kind of just a broad thing, like indie devs who are doing really well. If you're doing well as an indie dev, we research those developers. We try to talk to them and meet them where we can, try to learn from them. Pick their brain, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we have a bunch of friends in industry who are like a couple of steps ahead of, of us that we, we really like to lean on. Um, uh, and they're, you know, they're often happy to share advice and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like as a pure, as a pure like creative and like, you know, people that I look to, yeah. um, I think... Um, Yoko Taro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um he's just a he's just a nutter. Um but you can see his DNA possible. throughout yeah, the yeah. Max. And I guess we're we're seeing one coming out this week as of when we record. Um mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it, the, the card based one though. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, which I think everyone believes is kind of part of the near universe despite the fact that they're not admitting that. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, by, the, we... by the time this goes live, someone jump in the comments somewhere and, and let us know. But yeah, we'll do, we'll dig out the secrets. Can't hide them from us. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there, there, there's definitely a bunch of creators, but um, Yoko Taro in particular, I think he Yoko Taro, yeah, Suda Fifty One, Hideo Kojima, um, they have this kind of indie spirit where they'll make stuff that they think is important and maybe less so Kojima but the other two have always been really constrained yeah, yeah Kojima's definitely not been a hard push when it comes to constraints he's, he's yeah. a bit of freedom yeah, until the end yeah. of his time at Konami yeah uh, but hey he's, he's doing good things now yeah, um, happy days for him now apparently he's signing yeah. deals with everyone yeah yeah um, but uh, they all have this kind of freedom and excitement to push boundaries yeah. um but yeah yoko Taro and suda they always tried to do a lot with a little yeah. and often their games are like kind of over ambitious kind of shitty in a lot of ways <laughs> but like really incredible in a lot of other ways that other like multi gajillion dollar games cannot even touch no they can't like, get close to what they're doing yeah 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 like if you know, I I have not played a triple A triple A game that has made me feel something in the way that you know those like weird like kind of double A kind of B games have made me feel yeah. because they're they're I don't know I I guess it's like a daringness and maybe it's like 
they're operating at a scale where it's like we can take risks we don't have to appease everybody yeah uh, yeah um and then as a filmmaker um alejandro yodorowsky yeah i don't know if you're familiar yeah uh I, i've heard the name I, I honestly couldn't tell you what they've been responsible for but yeah no that's that's fair enough they they make very like or the guy he makes very very surreal um surreal spiritual and personal um i'll send you a link afterwards it's a a fucking trip um but uh yeah that guy he's like he's also um and been an influence on uh, some that I mentioned because uh, I know Kojima is a fan, and I know Suda Fifty One said that uh, what is it? Uh, no More Heroes was inspired by one of Yodorowsky's uh, movies. Yeah, right. Um, okay. But Yodorowsky, he's like, he's like the prime example of like, he's an artist's artist. Um, I, I, I have dreamed to operate at that kind of level. Where you just like, you do not give a fuck at all about you just make what you want to make how you want you to make, make it yeah but but that's the thing it's like and when maybe perhaps even yeah. when you want to make it yeah but it's not like it's not just being like um overly self-indulgent as well because the thing is even though Yodorowsky makes these like incredibly personal and strange movie they connect really deeply with a lot of people because there is something true in them that other people are not daring to like tread yeah. it's like you kind of delve into the depths of like what it means to be a human um and you you're you're really just exploring the unexplored um and um yeah going going places that i guess would make a lot of people confused and uncomfortable but for the ones that are willing to you know listen and explore with that creator you can you can discover a lot of interesting things about yourself um yeah, that's but awesome. uh yeah yeah is... i'm definitely keen to check out that link once you send it through after the after the recording yeah, anyone, yeah. anyone else who's listening to the show like do some youtubing i'm sure you'll find some or googling you'll find some handy stuff out there yeah yeah the holy the holy mountain i think is the one that he's most in the well known for yeah, right. um I'll, I'll send you the link to that afterwards cool. um look forward to it yeah yeah um but uh yeah, it's just like a range of these creative people who are trying to express something that is different and unique. I have to respect for the ones who are able to make it, to make a living out of it and, you know, support people around them, um, you know, build build teams around them and those teams, like, you know, support and elevate them. Um, yeah. Um, That's awesome. People are making cool, weird stuff, like... Because you know, being being a human is a very it's very confusing even for adults. Um, but I think through our entertainment, there are people out there who are like helping helping. They're figuring it out themselves, but they help everyone who's in the audience also figure things out. And I think the closer we get to understanding ourselves and our place in the universe, the I better think, off we'll all be. The better off we'll be. And I think yeah, games can play a part in that. And I'm really excited people who try to push that and i want to be a part of it as well well I look forward to it who knows what's to come uh, yeah yeah a couple light ones as we wrap things up now if you could be credited for any game that's ever existed so just retroactively add your name into the credits be in part responsible for it 
What game would you pick as it starts oh. pouring down outside for me? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, it's for me as well. Um, shit. What the hell would it be? Um, credited for anything. Um, and that can be in any capacity. Again, it could just be as simple as special thanks, just so you could say it's <laughs> part of that somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I I, I already kind of got to live that dream a little bit because um, what is it in uh in Travis Strikes Again, No More oh, yeah. Heroes, No More Heroes spinoff. They did a thing where they collaborated with indie developers to get yeah, like, I remember the one. Yeah, they put game posters in as in-game t-shirts. Um, and we got an American Dream t-shirt into that game. Nice. So there, we actually have a credit. I think it's just Samurai Punk is credited in there. So that that, that already kind of fulfills that bit. Um, but if it was going to be something else... Um, God. Um, that's real cool, by the way. Like, that's that's yeah. super awesome. Yeah. Yeah, th- I, I just continue to fanboy out about that. It's just a fun thing. Um... What would be something really interesting to have been a part of? Um, what was something like really crazy? Shit. I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe my mind went down because it's getting late. But I, I guess, I, I think it would have been really fun to be a part of um, Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Yeah, awesome yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah, just to be like, because that that game was innovating in so many ways, and it oh, ended up being just a, a mile ahead of its time of a game as well. It would have been very exciting to just be a part of that. Who knows? Maybe your answer to the next question is the exact same. If you could strike any game from your memory and get to replay it from scratch, oh. so relive all that again, what game would you pick? Oh. And is it or is it not Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> um, well, I mean, with Final Fantasy VII, I would have said that. If the re- if the remake wasn't so fucking, good, I really loved the remake. It is amazing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I had such a good time with it. And we're um, what, like a third, maybe a quarter, I don't know, a twentieth of the way into the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to go on this, continue that ride specifically. Um, Sixteen parts. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> strap me in. I'm ready, like fucking on my deathbed, play the finale. Um, but uh, God, if it was going to be something else, um. Ooh. If it had to be one, um, Bloodborne is up there, um, but I think recently. Let me. I want to give a good answer to this because I, I think it is I a think, hard one. It's yeah. it's not an easy one. Um, yeah. Um, like I instantly think about some of the, some of what you've had to say so far, and I do start thinking down the Kojima lines. I start thinking down the Suda lines. I do obviously think of Final Fantasy because of the the few times that we've referenced it already so far. Mm, um, that, mm. That's where my head went in terms of just trying to make a prediction in my own mind, which is always something just kind of bubbling away in the background. Like I, want, I, I feel like they're going to go down this path. Mm, Rarely mm. am I right, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at a list of games I played recently because um. I, I, I'm good and I, I keep a spreadsheet. Um, oh, that, that's that's cool. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick at least a highlight from here that I think. Yeah, right. Would be worth experiencing again the list. for the first time. Um, um, hmm. I just want to give a shout out to the the game called Everything. Actually, oh yeah, I, I mean, if they're on that, that list, there's probably a good reason yeah. why they're on that list. Um, 
maybe that's my answer. Everything, because everything is everything. No, that's a cop out answer. Isn't but the that, game, isn't there that game called yeah. Everything? Well, yeah. Well, that 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 yeah. That give a shout out to that specifically. The game called Everything. This is not my answer, but that game that I was uh, remembered. Um, I think it'd be hard to give a definitive answer of like of all games of all it's time because. Um, but I think recently, just because it's kind of came up again, uh, Returnal. Yeah. Returnal on the PS5. Um, that kind of bubbled up because they updated the game and let they let you save mid run now. Um, oh, but, uh, I thought they were going to let us save. That might have that might have helped me with some, uh, some of the like some of the replays that I want to do. But no, it's not quite. It's not quite there. It's a like oh, a really? half step. Yeah, apparently oh. it's it's a suspend. So like if you yeah you're not saving anything i guess i guess you could probably still find a way to save scum somehow but um yeah you could you can cut it back out you jump in to resume at any point and it, that's it that's mm. that save mm. or suspended mm. save that's torched you're never you're mm. never gonna get that back. Right. okay so okay i guess you could save scum in some ways like you like if you die quickly turn your playstation off and go again like that sort of stuff i guess mm. that's a mm. lot of a lot of effort mm. oh yeah but i guess but i guess awesome. yeah, yeah without yeah, I, I think I think it's good that they don't let you save scum yet, uh, and I hope I hope they don't actually. Um, and I'm sorry for everybody who wants to be able to do it. I wanted to be able to do it, but like that game, like kicked me to the curb uh, time and time again. But I guess similar to like similar to a Souls game, it's There's a lot of it, Souls. Cha- it challenges you to step up, um, and yeah, that game that game fucking doomed me I was playing it like I remember hearing the UI sounds like in my sleep um it, it, it does torture a little bit yeah yeah um but that was a really special experience um and uh it has like these if you're a fan of any of the Silent Hill games it has this like Silent Hill vibe to it yeah where it's like the psychological surreal horror story um yeah if I if I had to pick something recently, it'd be either Bloodborne or um, two awesome choices. Yeah, yeah, they they were they were fantastic. Um, maybe one day we'll get that that te- that technology, the pill that makes us forget um, and re-experience. And yeah, that, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start if I actually had to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Would you would you, you know if if you had to rattle off one quickly? Yeah, I got, asked I got asked recently. I think even in the last in the last episode, and I and I did say Final Fantasy Nine. Mm. And I, I mean, the argument I raised before about you know where I, where I'm at in my life, but you you've also made a fantastic point a point that's now made me start reconsidering it again, mm. and the fact that maybe it actually like my current age and stage, it might still again impact in a different way, mm. Um, mm. and still be like super impactful, but just mm. for slightly different reasons. I, I kind mm. of just you know, she, nah, it's not going to hit me like it did thirteen year old Paul, but it doesn't have to hit me like 13 year old Paul it can actually still especially given the themes that it's going for can still hit me in in similar ways but due to different reasons so mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I'm going to go back I, I, maybe I'm going to go back and count Final Fantasy 9 as that title for me though I, nice. I am kind of you know replaying but I'd love to be able to yeah, strike, strike the memory and just, just re-experience yeah. that again yeah yeah. but until that technology comes through like it's still fun playing we'll make do for now it's nice we'll to speculate it. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, Winston, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. Samurai Punk is doing some amazing things and the game's coming out at a really awesome clip. So uh, for any consumers, 
you're never going to be starved from some for some awesome content out of the studio. So stay tuned. Uh, as you've as you've highlighted, there's some ideas that are kicking around, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we we hear about them. Not to mention, of course, pandemic is nearly over and everyone can get face to face again. If mm. people are keen to follow what you're up to or the studio, where would they be best to go? Uh, yeah, so the best place would be samuraipunk.com. Um, there's a link to our Discord there uh, yep. where we uh, keep uh, the community up to date with uh, the stuff we're working on and just chat and hang out. Um, I mentioned the new game that we're currently working on, actually. Um, yeah, she would around, uh, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, um, but I I would uh, I have to drop that in. Um, Justice Sucks Recharged is that. Um, is the sequel to Rumbo First Blood. Yep. Um, that game's shaping up to be really awesome. Um, and we're planning to get that out uh, in the first half of next year. Um, yeah, right. Out. Um, so, yeah, please check that out on Steam. Yeah, Give it a wish list. demo opportunities in the past. Um, yes, yes. And I've really enjoyed my time with it. So, yeah, I'm so sorry that we just didn't really touch on it all. I'm glad we Oh, no, that's fine. This, yeah, yeah, this was like a trio's talk anyway. But as long as, yeah, drop in the Justice Sucks and people can check that out. And yeah, yeah like we, can have, we can have another chat when Justice Sucks. Yeah, we will have to, we'll, 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 we'll get Nick or someone else from the team on to talk about it. It'll be, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. As I said, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. It's been a really awesome chat. I've loved every bit of it. And, as, as I mentioned before, I'm keen to see what comes next. Beyond, of course, Justice Sucks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was great fun chatting. Uh, I managed to stay awake as well. So, yeah, yeah you did thanks, fantastic thanks job. For the, thanks for the engaging conversation. Thanks thank for you. Me. And listeners, as always, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with you. Until our next episode, however, that's been Winston's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.